Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hello and welcome to episode 92. Tonight's show is brought to you by Whiskey and Goldfish, Kenny's Dinner of Champions. Uh, we're going to dive right in and talk about our patrons, and I'm stalling because I can't find the page. So we've got Zach, Tom, Todd, Tim, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Scott, SCG Shoe Company, Sam, Ryan, Raymond, Parker, Nick, MTB Shenanigans, Michael, Lloyd. Is Lloyd new? No. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas. Whore. Uh, Leland, Kevin, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Jerry, Outdoor Media Groupie, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jamie, Jake, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, F That Guy, Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Dustin, Clayton, I forgot to change my name last week, Von Eckerin, which you didn't change it again, you dumb bitch, uh, Brad, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, our three Australians who are lead out sports, Josh and Dean, and then at $20 a month, we got Joe, Brady, Brad, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, uh, then at 30, we got Harley, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. And we have a new patron, Jeff, who just joined at the $3 level. Woot, woot. Not Jim. Not Jim. <laughs> Who's going to go first? No one. Sure, I'll go. No one's going first. <laughs> I don't think I've done shit. Definitely... God, I must have That's done kind of I was I was hoping you would lead off with something good so I could say I hadn't done shit. Yeah, I mean I rode dirt bikes, but I do that every day. I don't know. <laughs> you ride the green machine to work? <laughs> no, the green machine's in the basement. We have not enough room in the garage for other vehicles. So the fat bike and the green machine are downstairs. There's so many bikes. It's probably twenty bikes, twelve motorcycles. Uh oh, I got text messages coming through. Sorry, everybody. Um. Yeah, too much stuff in the garage, which is a good problem to have. Yep. But yeah, everything's great. Both of the e-motors are great. They're the first shipments of the Stark Varg officially went out the door this week, I believe, which is really cool. So we'll see people like full on reviewing their actual motorcycles, which is really cool. Like a production normal customer production bike. normal stuff, which is going to be awesome. I don't know what the numbers are or where they're going, but I'm pretty sure a couple of folks in the U.S. are going to get them literally any day now, so that would be really cool. They have every single spare part and bolt, basically, for the entire motorcycle on their website with pricing, and you can just like buy stuff. You could probably build one from parts. Yeah, That's I was what I was about to say. say just go just... buy one of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's impressive. They have Add that. to cart. Like, think about you know a Honda 450. I don't think you can buy... Outside of like some HRC bling brake levers or something, you can't buy shit for that thing. So pretty cool that their website has everything. Who knows that it actually works? But they have prices on there and they all seem pretty reasonable. Uh, you can buy like a KYB single fork leg for 750 bucks, which is like about right. Actually seems a little cheap to me. You can buy a frame for a thousand bucks. You can buy a battery for 7,500. Just click everything, add to cart. Can you I should on? do yeah. I should click one Select of everything. All, add to cart. <laughs> See what it comes out to. I'm sure you'd probably be missing a few things. $29,000. I guarantee that I'm not the first person that's going to try it, but it would be funny to see. But that's it for me, I think. Oh, if anybody, it's probably going to be too late for people out there, but if anybody wants a 2020, 2021, I don't actually know what year it is, Levo SL, it started life as a comp carbon, but it is the baddest ass of everything that you could possibly own and put on a bicycle. 
So DT180 hubs, aero lights, Knox Farlow XC layup, rims, one-piece bar, TRP gold, DHR Evos, Axis wireless, all rainbow, carbon cranks, uh, Synchros one-piece bar, if I didn't already say that, uh, bike yoke, 185 Revive Max dropper, factory suspension, dingle dongle rear, new tires. What size is it? Large. <clears throat> it's matte purple. It looks fucking dope. <laughs> if you send me a picture, I'll put it on Jerry Instagram. Cool. But that is for sale. So if anyone is interested, or if you know anybody interested, let me know. It will probably be gone because I have someone who is probably buying it. But just letting listener land know that that is for sale. And yeah, I wanted, it's been up on our local for a little bit. It's kind of weird. So by the way, it's also a pound lighter than the (laughs) S-Works. Damn. Yeah. And I weighed it. Like I weighed it as it sits with a real scale to make sure that I'm not crazy. And it is 37 point. I mean, you're crazy. Yeah. (laughs) With pedals. With XTR pedals, it's 37.1 pounds. That's not much heavier than my stumpy Evo in an S5. Yeah, it's a sick It's a sick <laughs> with bike. Some, with some poor people parts on it. Uh, where was I going? I lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's light. It's nice. It does have miles on it. It's got 2,000 miles on it. The drivetrain has more than that. <laughs> Just You were saying that it's been posted up locally, and it sounded oh, like you were trying yeah. to say it hadn't gotten traction. It's nothing. It's weird. I think everybody has officially run out of money. What's weird is there are bikes on there. There's like a base-ass aluminum frame, which is like kind of garbage. There's an aluminum frame comp bikes with NX on them, essentially, going for like 4500 and I'm asking six for mine. Haven't even had anybody ask me like, yo, will you take a dollar? Which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think people have officially ran out of money. Pretty sure that's the case. So I did. If anybody <laughs> if anybody would like to make an offer of $6,000 or less, or if you're dumb, you can make an offer of $6,000 or more. <laughs> but that's what I'm looking for. I'd rather not like ship stuff. It's a pain in the ass. If we dealt with a local like... JRA person, they're probably a reasonable human being, but I don't want to put it out on like eBay land and some assholes like there's a scratch on it. It's like no fucking shit. It has 2000 miles on it. It's fine. It's paint. You're going to be just fine. It's in the picture. I said it in the description. They're like, oh, I'm going to demand my money back now. So I don't want to deal with this. I people. want you to pay for shipping. Exactly. But anyway, that's all that I have. Who is next? I'll go. So I have been I've been really, it's it's really weird when you're super busy, but then you don't realize what you've been doing to make yourself that busy. So on. I know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So last week we said we were driving Miss Daisy because we were going to possibly be adopting a dog. And we did that. So on Saturday, I drove to Denver and picked up little Daisy from her foster mom. She's asleep on the couch right now. She's in a little donut. So she's not chewing on any footwear. Yeah, she's not. She likes to chew on footwear. <laughs> yeah, so I drove and got her. She her story is she was found on the street in Texas by just like From the them streets. Yeah, just I didn't know. I don't know where in Texas. They just said Texas. She's from Texas. Probably she, Borger. <laughs> Probably. She was found on the street and put in a high kill shelter. She has a microchip and I assume that a high kill shelter is a worse place to be than a low kill shelter. Yeah, yeah. It's not the one where you want to go. High kill is in like a high rate of a high percentage of animals are killed. That's what I was assuming. Whereas like Yeah, they're they euthanize a lot of animals. 
Yeah, yeah, it's not not a good place. And uh, when they scanned her microchip, they found that whoever had been registered to her microchip had unregistered themselves. So someone just dumped Miss Daisy, probably because she chewed on their shoes or something. And luckily, this animal rescue in Fort Collins called Bounce picked her up from that shelter. I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if they watch shelters or if someone at the shelter calls around to rescues and says, can you take this dog? Anyway, she ended up in in this Fort Collins rescue, but her foster mom was in Denver, which is much closer to us than Fort Collins. And um, so we, I went and got her on Saturday and she was terrified. She was scared of me and she was very car sick and she, um, yeah, she was just very scared of everything, but within, you know, 24 hours or so, she was, she was pretty happy and she's super happy now. Well, she went to go live on a farm, but in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, I mean, when we first, when she first got here, she, so when I picked her up, it was about 1 p.m. on Saturday and her foster mom had just gotten her to pee. This dog did not pee again until four, around 4 p.m. on Sunday. And apparently I was looking on the internet because I'm like scared that this dog is going to like explode with urine. And <laughs> and on the internet, there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, they, you know, I had a, a chihuahua that had been abused. And when I got her, she didn't pee for 48 hours or something like that. And apparently if a dog has been abused for peeing on the floor or something, then they will not want to pee if you're watching them. So she eventually did pee. And I gave her treats and lots of love. And now she's great. She, within just a few days, she understands. She runs outside, goes to the spot she likes, pees, and then she beelines straight for me and gets... Beeline doesn't even... She is a treat-seeking missile. (laughs) Yeah, she... It's like the last drop of urine is like (laughs) almost to the ground and she's already at your feet. Like, treat? (laughs) Yeah. And she goes straight for your hand and just snuffles the treat right out of it, so... But yeah, she's she's a wonderful dog. And by she's the way, think about year- think about in real human life. If someone gave you, if you got every time you took a piss, you got, you got to get like a snacky. Yeah, if you got dispensed like a donut hole or something after you peed, like how awesome would that be? <laughs> and like you come out of the bathroom and you just like open your mouth and some giant just like feeds you a single donut hole and scratches you on the head and tells you how good you are. It'd be great. I, w- I would piss so much. <laughs> I would totally sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's doing really well. You know, she's still a puppy. She's around a year old and yeah, she she does puppy things. Like if you leave things out that she wants to chew on, she'll find them and chew on them. Like a really expensive custom orthotic or a brand new flip-flop. Yeah, I literally bought a pair of flip-flops yesterday and today they have puppy chew on them. Yeah. So we, it's, it's our fault. We, we definitely did not scold her for that because she literally doesn't know the difference between footwear and toys. Like to her, they're just things on the ground that are there for her to chew on, but she'll learn eventually. That's kind of it. I've been turkey hunting also unsuccessfully. Yesterday I went out in the snow and I, it snowed a bunch, um, night before last. And and when I say a bunch, it was probably 12 to 16 inches at our house. It was 12. Okay. The super wet springtime heavy snow. And I went out hunting and I sunburnt the skin between my eyelids and my eyebrows. That's the first snow sunburn I've had since I moved to Colorado. So That's pretty rowdy. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of painful. I tend to get sunburnt on like a half inch slit on my wrists between the whatever long sleeve <laughs> shirt I'm wearing and my gloves. Yeah. It's obnoxious. That's pretty much yeah, it though. Just the sunburn bracelet. Because I put on sunscreen, but I usually do like my neck and my face and I'm wearing like a full face and like, you know, a flannel um, flannel shirt like I do and gloves. And yeah, I burn my freaking wrists. Yep. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's just dogs and turkey hunting. I rode the trainer uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Just because I wanted to do some hard exercise and it was rainy outside. So it was a good day for it. It wasn't rainy. It was snowy. Whatever. It was moist. This is extremely moist. So It's very moist right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Andrea picked up the dog on Saturday. On Sunday, I went out and rode... On Monday, I rode again. I on I did something Monday morning. Oh right, I had like a meet. I'm normally off on Mondays, but I had this meeting I had to go to. So like kind of like got my morning all like weird because I couldn't just like go do whatever I wanted. I had to like be around at a certain time. And then um, I ended up going riding, and my whole goal was to tune the shock on my my stumpy. Just like had this feeling deep down inside that like it had been riding really well, but. I felt like I was at like 96%. And uh turns out I'm a total idiot and there's a reason that it didn't feel 100%. And uh which was I'm not very smart and uh I accidentally set my shock up with all the high speed compression, just like all of it. So yeah, that felt really weird. That'll do it. It but when I say it felt really weird, it like only felt off in like one very unique situation, which was high speed and then plow into something hit a random big rock in the trail but that's something that i think you do on a bike of that size you do it purposefully you know you're like well i'm gonna hit this rock because it's a really nice smooth line instead of going around it like it's a better setup for the corner or whatever so i turned all that off and then i added air and then i play with my low speed and the bike feels way different now but pretty good um i rode one do you want to remind listener land what shock you have I have a Rock Shock Super Deluxe Ultimate without hydraulic bottom out. What? Why would you not get HBO? Because that's that's not what exists for my bike. Jeez. The <laughs> off the shelf direct from SRAM replacement option is not HBO. Wait, is is HBO still a TV station that you can purchase? Yeah. Probably. Okay. Sorry, I haven't had a television for a long time. I just didn't know if that still was a thing or if everyone used streaming stuff. No, I mean, I'm sure that you can get HBO. Do you have zero streaming services? Zero. Zero, yeah. Like nobody has Netflix or Hulu or HBO? Uh Uh-uh. No. That's pretty impressive. We We watch a few things on YouTube, but we literally have that much amount of free time to sit around and watch visual entertainment. No, I mean, we could watch stuff we sit on the couch every night and watch like an hour or more of shit yeah that's what i mean but we like one hour a day isn't enough to justify paying for anything no that's when we're that's fair. perfectly entertained from we we get enough entertainment from free stuff i play the game where i own one streaming service at a time because they're like what between 10 and 15 bucks a month or something so i'll do netflix no idea and i'll have it for like a year and then like watch all the Netflix shit and stuff jumps around from like network to network as well. So I'll watch Netflix and then I'll do Hulu and then I'll do HBO and then just keep going on down the line, Disney plus. And then I just rotate every like year. It's been working great. The mouse. 
Yep. So yeah, that's the shock that I have, and it feels way better now. I rode the same section of trail a handful of times, and like, I had an idea in mind of what I needed to do, and I went to, I started in the parking lot, and I checked all my baseline settings, and I typed everything into my phone, so no matter what, if an hour later I was really pissed off, I could, and like everything sucked, I could go home and like reset back to what I had been running, and I found that I made it better. I, I wrote a section and I made a change and I wrote a section, that same section. I made another change, wrote that section, made the last change. What, what section of trail were you riding? I rode the first few corners of Rusty Long because you have, you drop into the trail and there's a corner that sucks. Yeah. And then there is a nice little jump and you land the jump and then you have about 20 to 30 yards of gnarly brake bumps into a corner. Yeah. So I felt, oh, I took a corner out. Also in there, there's a like a roller that you have to go over. And instead, of, you can go over the roller or you can cut inside and bump over a rock. And I was just smashing through that rock to get that really abrupt square edge hit that I had been kind of like not jiving with. So when you lost all these enduro races recently, do you think, <laughs> were you on the old shock setup? <laughs> Kenny, it wasn't the shock setup. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to defend you over here. I'm saying no. It sounds like you're putting my dick in the dirt because no. you started when you lost all these endurance. <laughs> I'm saying you probably would have won them all if you had your shock set right and/or had HBO. Is that accurate? I gotta disagree. I gotta disagree. Oh man, I was trying to tee you up there for a win. Yeah, well, I don't think winning's in my book. <laughs> Speaking of Enduros, that was a great segue, Kenny. I worked on Tuesday. Wednesday, we should have had an Enduro, but 2 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday morning, technically, I woke up to this terrible noise, and uh, I'm like, was oh, that- Oh, yeah, it was the, av- the roof avalanche I'm like, and branches breaking and shit. I'm like, was that wind? And Andrea's like, nope, that was snow sliding off the roof. And then I go to go to the bathroom, and there's no power. And it turns out it's really hard to work on the internet from home if you don't have power. Yeah, we should probably get one of those little generators- a backup battery. Told you guys, and you can, and you guys can vacuum when there's a power outage. You said you would never have to, but look what just happened. The smoke, the smoke came out of our vacuum the other day. Oh yeah, I let the smoke out of the vacuum on Saturday. <laughs> Were you staying um, staying in it too long? Vacuuming uphill. What was going on? <laughs> no. So I the the at some point the plug on the vacuum got messed up and someone else like before andrea got this vacuum like someone gave it to andrea had replaced the plug so it doesn't have a factory plug on it and that must have been like eight or nine years ago so this it had like an aftermarket just hardware store end on so it for you've the got, longest time yeah, you got a 30 year old third hand who ride rewired vacuum i mean but it is a dyson it's a dyson it like rips Jeez, like okay yeah, it's still it's still this thing will suck a tennis ball through the carpet like it don't fuck around okay sick I like plug it in and I'm like, shit, vacuum doesn't turn on. And also remember that my house is like pretty old too. So I'm like, hmm. So I like I go and I unplug the thing and I like test the, it, I plug it in in the bathroom. That's like a good spot to vacuum the upstairs. And I was like, hmm, let me check the little like, you know, GFI like receptacle. And I plug it back in and like it doesn't work. And I was like, well, let me plug a lamp into this receptacle. I'm like, no, or outlet. I'm like, no, no, let me just move this over here. Like, I unplug it, and I walk across the room, and, like, I lean over the edge of my bed, and I plug it in, and, like, fucking smoke shoots out. 
<laughs> fucking yeah it uh the smoke came out that's awesome um, have you gotten and i was like well have you gotten a new vacuum yet no it just messed up the uh the wires in that homemade plug or home add-on plug had just like worn to the point where they touched each other and sparked like a sunbit oh so you're good so, you just need to put a new end on it no no i just reused the existing end i just <laughs> i just cut every like i pulled the end off and nothing was wrong with the end it's just the wires had like bent enough uh, over time that they touched each other so i did a very careful job of like stripping off just the minimal amount of wire not way too much wire and then i put it all back together and vacuumed uh and it was fine i so, was gonna say what brand cordless tools do you own dewalt <laughs> okay Great. So in the future, you can get a Dyson. They actually make an off-the-shelf adapter now that you just plug into your Dyson cordless and you just slap a DeWalt battery in it, and then you're good to go. That just seems so unnecessary. But well, yeah, if you already works. own the DeWalt, well, yeah, when your vacuum finally dies, then you can go cordless. That's never going to happen. And, no. and it's just, then the it's gonna go one forever. time a year or one time every other year when you really wanted to vacuum and the power's out, you can. <laughs> The power goes out with somewhat regularity around here because all, right, sounds, moving all on, the power stuff like goes it. through the mountains. <sighs> Jesus, fuck. Well, when I come out there to ride dirt bikes and bicycles and other things, we'll, we can set your place up all crazy. We can put in giant battery bank and solar panels and diesel generators and have just a good old fucking time. <laughs> Is the Ridgeline just going to tow a trailer out full of goodies that fell off a truck? Who's paying for all this shit? <sighs> I, mean, I figured you guys were. <laughs> well, sorry. Well, I just checked the ledger and it's not in the budget this year. Just write it off. Um, just write it off. I can't go down this right now. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do, since the business is based out of the house, we do get uh, any expenses on the house are technically a partially like a percentage business expense. That's good. You should do that. Keep going, Matt. <laughs> so Wednesday should have went to work, but there was no power. So I... Uh, didn't work. I walked around with a, it snowed 12 inches of the heaviest, gnarliest snow. Lost a tree, damnedest thing. This juniper tree that was like, I don't know, 20 feet tall, like six feet up, it just snapped off. She got heavy and got tired. Yeah, it just got tired and laid down. I walked around with a stick and just whacked on all the trees for a while to like release them from the snow. Then Andrea's like, I'm going turkey hunting. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, well, this sucks. So I cleaned off my truck and I drove down to the river and uh, I played the two-wheel drive challenge to see how far I could drive in two-wheel drive. And the answer was a long ways. What, like going towards, like you just went four-wheeling? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I went through Badger Creek all the way to like Rincon and back. Oh, cool. And then uh, I got home and the power... You know, like the coolest thing about your stove, like, you know, your cook stove, is you can get a good idea of, like, how long the power's been on. Oh, yeah. Because um, it resets to 12. Yeah, like, and it, it never said 1 o'clock the whole day. It would be on for somewhere between, like, 3 and 30 minutes. And when I got home, it was, like, 2.20. So it had been on for two, it was on for about two and a half hours, and then it went off again while I was home. Well, it's like they got it on. But then they were like patching things up, and I think they had to keep interrupting service to like get other people back on too, because yeah, then probably. the rest of the afternoon it flashed. Yeah. So like I got home and it was just like on again, off again, on again, off again, and I was just like 
guys, I can't come to work today because it's just like I'll be in a call and I'm just going to no power. So I went to the climbing gym and I knocked out a bunch of new problems that I had never done. And uh, then I went and bought new flip flops. And that was on Wednesday. And today's Thursday and the dogs already fucking chewed on them. So yeah, it snowed and I bought flip flops in the same day. That's very Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was 60 today. It was over 60 today. It was warm. Yep. And then, let's see, what else did I do this week? That's really it. All right. Is there any new shit that we hate? Uh, There's all the sea otter stuff, and I haven't looked at it. I don't want this to be the sea otter show. I mean, I don't want it to be the sea otter show either. Next week should be the sea otter show is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we have um, some listener content because I kind of trolled our listeners on Instagram. Let's see. I I've got... Them, what do you want to hear about in episode 92? And I wrote a few of those down. Oh, okay. So I want to start with uh, AJ Mully Bear. And he's like, stories about my new local mechanic, um, Brent Van Epps. So I want to give a really trashy story about Brent. <laughs> and then a really wholesome story about Brent. <laughs> we should do it the other way around. No. All right. No, this is what you do. Do a wholesome story, a trashy story, and then a wholesome story again. You make it a trashy sandwich. I don't know two wholesome things about Brent. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have eyebrows. He doesn't have eyebrows. That's true. Uh, That's wholesome. So what's trashy? Brent and I played this game for a while where we showed each other our nuts. (laughs) Um, It got out of control. It it got out of control. Um, (laughs) Has anybody in this room seen the movie Waiting? No. No. Okay. Well, that's an integral part of the plot. That might have been where he got it. Okay. I don't know. Wait, which one of you started it anyway? How did it how did that come about? Like who I don't even who remember. Who presented the nuts first? I don't even remember. But you like he I has gotten Brent you at least to, once, right? Brent got me a few times. Okay. Uh, but I think Brent used to say like, "Oh, you're not going to have your nuts out, are you?" And maybe one day I actually did then. <laughs> um <laughs> One day, Matt ran off the back. No, like Brent was don't the- let me. So, we used to live in the shop, or the like. The shop owner had a house across the street from the shop, and during really busy times, people would park behind in the off alley parking behind the house rather than using the shop lot. So there was more customer parking. And one day, I'm standing in the kitchen, and to like it, it doesn't matter. But like Brent was traveling past a window where I could see him as he went south, and then he was going to turn west and go past the back porch, and his truck was going to be further westward. And I saw him, and Andrea's, like, washing dishes. And then she's like, oh, Brent's going to his truck. And I, like, rip my pants off. <laughs> so I'm fully, like, Winnie the Pooh, naked from the waist down. <laughs> and I just grab my penis in my hand. Because, you know, I don't want to show him my dick. That'd be gay. <laughs> and... Uh, I run it like as he's like he goes past the back door. I like rip the door open as he's probably like halfway from the back door to his truck. And I was like, "Hey, Brent!" And as he turns around, I'm just like thrusting my hips and like shaking my nuts at him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then another. Didn't he say don't shoot or something? And he, he said he thought he was gonna get shot. Um, <laughs> And then another time he came over here to ride and my bedroom window is like upstairs, (laughs) like above the front porch. (laughs) And I was changing and 
Brent was like getting stuff out of his truck and I just yelled down to him, Hey Brent, and I was standing there just the same with my nuts like laying in the windowsill. Oh <laughs> uh, I mean the windowsill's like too low to actually like cradle him, but um Yeah. And then a really wholesome thing, like him and his wife and his son, they're very nice people. And we had Thanksgiving dinner with them one time and oh, it yeah, was that like was fun. really nice. It was like a little shop. Thanksgiving dinner kind of thing, or people who didn't have other Thanksgivings to go to from yeah. the shop. Yeah, so that was really cool. Um, so someone that doesn't have eyebrows, not afraid to show off his nuts, but will invite you to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so there's some stories about your local mountain bike mechanic, Brent Van Epps. Also, uh, ask Brent about the time that Keanu Reeves told him he had a really cool motorcycle. Yeah, do that. Are there? Did you? That's it. Okay, that was the only one you wanted to make sure that we got to. Oh, uh, Scott Williams had a good one. Let me find. He was the first one. Okay, so Cal cyclist. Nope, Scott Rowe Williams. He's in there somewhere. Oh, sorry, it's not in chronological order because Instagram is on fucking crack. There it is. You can read that one. How do Yins Brickhouse Racing and Beanpole Matt like being outside of shop life these days? I know from my own experience, I started to get burnt on the industry a bit. I appreciated all the experiences and friends I met along the way, but it has felt good to take a step away. Well, I mean, I... Hold on. Let me give you the short answer. I'm 100%. I work for an online retailer. I 100% work in the bike industry. So... Yeah, Matt's Matt's still... He's not in an in-person shop, but he is in a shop. Yeah. I deal with it all and more. If because you can imagine every customer that comes in the bike shop, how they would act if they weren't looking someone in the eye, that's how they act on the phone. Not all of them. Not all of them. Oh, well, yeah. Like the really nice people that come in the bike shop when they get on the phone with someone on the internet or whatever, they are still really nice. I mean, we probably nice only people. get one actual fucking crazy person, like a real deal in the flesh crazy person once a week, once a month kind of thing. But it's probably at least once a day for you. Do you think that's accurate? Sure. I mean, once a day, like for me or for my team? Uh, for you. Oh, um, yeah. It might not be once a day for me, full blown, like, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. But like, you know. Like, you get yelled at like once a day. <sighs> Most days. Yeah, I think More that's... days than not. All right, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm not really, other than running the JRA show, I'm not really in the bike industry anymore and uh, you know I mean I was getting really I was extraordinarily burnout I wasn't saying I was getting there uh the first the last few months that I was working in the bike shop when for a while uh it was just uh Matt and I working the shop so we couldn't have any days off together and it just it sucked it sucked shit really and then Matt got a new job which I didn't fault him for it all. Like it was kind of like both of us were like, God, one of us has to get another job. We both want a different job. And Matt just happened to get one before I, before I did. So he, he went off and did another job and I was literally, uh, well, Tim was there also for a while. And then Tim was not excited about the situation after a while. So he quit and I was all by myself. All by myself. I was thinking more of the Green Day song, but that's okay. But yeah, so I was working alone in a pretty busy bike shop, and it sucked really bad, and I was extremely unhappy. And then COVID came along, and with my past 
health issues that I've had, uh, lung-related stuff. I said, I'm not going to be extraordinarily unhappy and get a disease that could possibly kill me or handicap me for the rest of my life, so I'm going to quit. And I did. And it's been okay. Like, I, you know, I found other stuff that I can do. And I've done, I think, a little bit better job of running JRA than what I would have if I hadn't quit working in the bike shop. So it's been, it's been good. I mean, I'm, I'm happy not being in the shop. I mean, if I could work 10 hours a week in a bike shop just doing mechanic stuff, yeah, I'd go do that. But, you know, full time, I, I don't see myself ever doing that again. Do we want to do another one now? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, here's one for Kenny from Two Wheel Brett. The Stark Varg, first shipments, and Kenny's ETA on his. I also want to know if he thinks they will make a dual spurt sport version like Alta. Dual spurt. Dual spurt. Good question. I don't know. Stark did come out and say in their last interview, that was a couple weeks ago, with uh, Anton Voss, I think is his name. And he said, I mean, he's trying to get people excited. He's a CEO of a super new startup company, but he says they're interested in getting into all different versions of motorcycles. So presumably street bikes, dual sports, you name it. So that could be really, really cool, but I'm sure that's going to be a minute. Why they decided to start with the dirt bike, I don't know. I'd almost want to say that the dirt bike is going to be the easiest. Because dirt bikes are fucking sick. I think it's going to be the easiest. They make the most sense to be electric because you're typically going to ride them a shorter distance, typically. And all that torque and everything and how manageable it is. Like a big old gas motor when you have almost unlimited traction on the street, not a big deal. But off-road, being able to manage that uh, and the simplicity and everything going on riding single track or a motocross track just makes sense for electric. Uh, so I think that's why they started where they did. I think it's going to be very difficult to make a sport bike that people are going to want to ride. A few people have tried it. Zero has got a bunch of stuff that's like higher horsepower and giant batteries, but they're like so expensive and they're so heavy and they like maybe will go a hundred miles. So yeah, you're not going to replace like a BMW GS or like some big, awesome touring bike. It's just very difficult to do, much in the same way in cars. Teslas are cool, and there's a bunch of cool stuff, but Teslas are really, really bad road trip cars. People can get fucking pissed about that, but they are. My brother bought one. He's bummed about it. It's by the time you load it up with a family, you get four bikes on the back, which he does, roof box, stuff that's not necessarily that crazy to do cross-country trips on because that's the whole reason you're doing a cross-country trip because you're full of shit. Like You got a bunch of stuff you got to tote around. And he has some big bad one. I don't know exactly what model, but it's like a big battery version model Y. And at interstate real speeds where you don't get murdered by other people around you, you get like 100 miles of range. It's supposed to get 300. Like that fucking- <laughs> That would be terrible. That sucks. And it's horrible. You gotta, How long does it take to recharge you it? You got to stop 90 times. Every charging station is always broken or full. And it's a horrible experience. So anyway, that, those are the battles right now, obviously. But in the city, like if you had a city car- and you're just bebopping around a few miles and you're like stopped a lot of the time. Electric's fucking amazing. So, yes, I think they will make more models to go back to the Stark Far question. And I'm pumped about it. It's going to be, hopefully, it's going to be a really good one. The Alto was really cool, but it was just ahead of its time. The KTM free ride, also, I think, just a little ahead of its time and like a little bit behind on power and distance and all that kind of stuff. I think if Alta didn't go out of business, they would be at Stark Varg levels right now, without a doubt, but they did go out of business, so that's a bummer. 
It's exciting. It's so a pretty I, big fucking if. I have a I have a question. So the standard Stark Varg is sixty horsepower and costs twelve thousand nine hundred dollars. Sure. And the Alpha is eighty horsepower and that's an extra thousand dollars. Is it worth like would Hold. would you get the extra twenty horse or whatever? Yes, can, twenty horsepower on there for the thousand dollars. Before you answer, Kenny, can I put this in perspective for Andrea? Sure. My CRF 450X made 40 horsepower. Okay. So why the fuck do you need, you don't even need 60? I'm just wondering, like I I, I don't have very much, um, I don't know. Yeah, don't so right now, if you buy the hottest 450 that you can buy, I think they make at the tire 55 horsepower, somewhere in that ballpark. And from what I've been told, at the tip top level, pro motocross People that can do whatever they want and have skills that no other human being has, that a lot of times they will detune their motors or tune them in a way that the power band's actually different and less peaky than even a factory, uh, uh, like an OEM bike would be. Obviously, they've got other hot stuff, and maybe they end up with more area under the curve, if you will, of power, which I'm sure is what they're going for. But the moral of the story is those guys don't have bikes that are hotter than what you just get off the floor. They have other fancy shit and suspension that's unobtainium and their bikes get rebuilt every time they ride them. But what I'm getting at is at that level, they don't even want more power. And if you look at the so if you look at the lap times from now granted there's more talent in the 450 than the 250 because they're the best of the best. But even then if you look at the lap times between 250s and 450s, they're not very far off. Like within a second, I think in a on a supercross track and within a couple seconds on an outdoor track, that's granted, that's a big difference, right? But not really. So 60 horsepower is bananas. And not only is it 60 horsepower, but it makes so much torque that it's going to like break the machines that measure the torque. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> insane. So 80 horse. Got to put this bitch on the dyno at Peterbilt. Yeah. 80 horsepower, I think is more for, a spec sheet well this is this is my um this is my theory is they call it the alpha at 80 horsepower so i think that they're trying to just maybe natural selection weed out a few of those douchebag dudes who read that and they're like oh yeah alpha that's me <laughs> right there maybe maybe i think it's also like when they whiskey throttle into a pole yeah yeah like that it's natural selection i think it's also just to showcase what is possible completely unnecessary just like do you need do you need a hayabusa no but they're pretty cool (laughs) but off-road that would be insane uh if i do so as far as deliveries go mine is due unfortunately i think in february of 24 so i'm kind of in the middle of the pack as far as deliveries go from what i can gather and i think there's maybe 15,000 pre-orders and i'm somewhere in the middle of that i mean i ordered it probably only a month after they released it and there was not much yeah, coverage it says, on it like it was a pretty big leap of faith as there's more coverage hopefully it'll be better uh well i think everyone realized that it's like the real deal and not some of the other vaporware stuff that's come out but yes i will detune the hell out of mine more than likely because if i ride it it's going to be more tight tactical trail type riding so it will probably be way 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 down compared to factory but we'll see i'll let everybody know obviously and should be fun. Yeah, it looks like right now, if you were to just place an order right now, it says estimated delivery is November 7th of 2024. Yeah, so that sounds about right. All right. 
Let's see, what else do we have? I'm working up from the bottom here. Started at the bottom, now we're here. Everyone's most memorable ride experience. Scenery, busted buttholes, stupid hard, etc. Funny enough, any rides that I've been on where I've busted my butthole are not really the most memorable ones other than that one instance during the ride. I'm Jack's total lack of surprise. So during a <laughs> ride where your asshole kisses the earth, <laughs> that's all you can remember from from the ride is the little <laughs> the little starfish kiss to the wooden bridge yeah. on the gold bar trail or whatever. Yeah, the uh, gold dust trail in Breckenridge. Yep. Well, it was that was a uh, Breck 100. Well, it was the Breckenridge 100 endurance race. There's also a 68 and a 32 that go along with it, and I did the 68 version. So I didn't do all three of the loops for the 100, and uh, I'm really glad I didn't. It was raining and it was cold, and it was just one of those rides that you just gotta like gut your way through and kind of look forward to the fact that it will be over at some point. And uh, then you bust your butthole on a bridge. But that was probably not... I think my most memorable ride experience was actually the Mountains Revenge race in Montezuma, Colorado. Because I almost died twice. And then I I saw some ghosts, which I didn't know were ghosts until the next next year when I saw... I went out there hiking and I saw the same... Um, I, I thought I... So I, this is what happened, if you don't... If you all don't remember... I went up on the course to this, you had to go to um, Argentine Peak, and there were these people camped at Argentine Pass, which was, I don't know, a mile or so from the peak. And I passed them. It started thunderstorm. Um, I almost got struck by lightning. I mean, I was in a thunderstorm. Like, it was literally, I was inside the thunder and lightning is the only way I can describe it. Welcome to the thunderstorm. (laughs) It was, it was terrifying and so I was hiding under some rocks and while I was hiding I got saturated with cold sleety kind of rainwater and I got really bad hypothermia and I couldn't really use my hands like my body wasn't really working and my brain kept telling me to lay down and take a nap which is basically how you die of hypothermia is you're like yeah you're right I should lay down and take a nap and you just lay down and die and uh I luckily I made it back to where the people were camped in their trucks and I got I couldn't wake them up. I didn't want to like I don't know, in my head I was like I can't wake these people up. They'll like shoot me or something. So I got in the cab of a truck and wrapped up in a tarp that was in the cab of the truck. And I was watching out the front window and I kept seeing these lights, like headlamps, nice LED headlamps, not shitty lights not vague lights like I saw literally it looked like someone was walking towards me from a distance and I just thought eventually I was like it's just hikers or something like that well fast forward a year later I had started having back problems and I couldn't do the race but I wanted to go up there and like hang out and go for like a long hike and I went on this long hike that took me over the same peak and pass, Argentine Peak and Argentine Pass. And while I was on that ridgeline, it was getting dark. It was almost all the way dark, but not quite there. And I see a headlamp ahead of me. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. But this is the Continental Divide. There are a lot of hikers and stuff around here. Maybe it's, you know, like it's, there's someone over there. And I kind of come around this rise and there's fucking no one there. 
Like I saw them on the other side of this rise in the ridgeline. And then I get around the ridgeline and there's just no one. And on one side, it's a sheer cliff, like a drop off. And the other side, you can see all the way down. Like if they had gone off of one side of the ridgeline, you would have seen them. If they'd gone off the other side of the ridgeline, they'd just be dead. And How do you just, think them ghosts get made? They're just, it, they're just fucking gone. Like that ridgeline is just fucking haunted with a ghost that has a really nice LED headlamp. That's all I'm saying. So you guys go. I've talked too much. Uh, sure. My memorable rides, I don't have like a single most memorable ride, I don't think. But I've got a lot of them that are just... Anytime I ride somewhere brand new, like first time I've ridden somewhere, it's very memorable to me because it's just so new and exciting generally. So that's super memorable to me. And this will be stereotypical, but all the rides where conditions are not what you expected or bad or, you know, you end up thinking that you're almost done, but you end up having to do another 5,000 feet of climbing or something crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Or you end up on like the wrong side of a mountain, that kind of stuff. You get lost. (laughs) So those oh, are always that really... happened. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that happened with right after I moved to Colorado. I rode with my my boss Jonathan Davis, who is a very strong and talented rider. Um, I rode with him, and we ended up at the bottom of the wrong side of the mountain and had to climb back up and over, which was not a big deal for him. That's like just every day for him. He didn't care, uh, but I just about died. <laughs> yeah. So uh, meeting Peter Sagan on the trail, that one was memorable. A lot of the ones where it's like either really late in the season or really early in the season up at Park City where you encounter um, where you encounter stuff like crazy snow, but only in certain places because it's, it's also a ski resort. So they, you know, they've blown snow in and all that stuff on the trails. So it might be perfectly fine on most of the single track, but then all of a sudden it's just like 10 feet deep and you got to like work your way through it. That's always really entertaining and trying to ride that kind of stuff what else is really memorable that's pretty it i would say the new ones and the the odd weather ones um i don't know i'd say that 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 solomo that i like was 12th overall that one always stands out to me really well um yeah that was just like a really hard day weather was good that year i just went fucking ham that that was good i mean the ride itself was just like a whole day of running you know just like running from everyone, right? And like trying to trying to think of the best way to put it, like trying to meter yourself while knowing that you're in a position like it's all yours to lose. You know, that's a that's a very weird headspace to race in. Yeah, and I mean not to be cliche, like there's always bad weather. I really learned what bad weather was in Rollinsville, Colorado. <laughs> uh we were thinking about going at Rollins Pass and Andrew and I like looked at this thing and I was like, nah, we should probably go and literally Oh yeah, we this, got hailed on this storm chased us. Like bit. we're going down like railroad. It like rolls. Were we single speed or not? No, but I was on one by ten <laughs> and I had put a, a an extender cog in. So I had an eleven forty two on a regular ten speed thing man, and one of by course 10 it and your work. shit won't shift right geez that's rough man that's well it gets better it, like so i had a 30 chain ring but with the range extender and the little extendo bit in the derailleur and shit as it started hailing and raining on us the, the road 
was like really soupy. And then my cog just wouldn't work in the 11. So I had to ride in the 3012. Um, and uh, then had to ride like a decent way back to Jonathan Davis's house because that's where Andrea was living at the time um, or his property. Um, trying to think if there's. God, there have just been so many. Every time you mention a different place or a different trail or something, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Riding, riding Mount Evans from town was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Because normally you do like a, you know, nine and a half or 10 hour road ride and you're just dead at the end. But it's a 6,000 foot climb. You know, you can look in your Strava stats and it says like biggest climb. Mine says 6,000 feet. And like every time I look at my my stats, it reminds me of that. But you got to realize when you come home, you get a 6,000 foot descent. Yeah. And it's pretty cruisy. Not only is it cruisy, but you're cruising at like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. So it's like six hours to the top and like three hours back down or less. And then as you're coming down, you've just, you spent so much of the day up so high that you couldn't go hard. You know, you just didn't have the ability to go hard. But then you essentially are like riding like tempo at 30 miles an hour all the way down. And you come into town and you're like, oh, that light's green. And you can actually like stand and haul ass to go like through a traffic light or something. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but then you come home from that and you get evicted. So Yeah, that was... Because you've been renting from someone that didn't have the legal ability to rent you a place to live. Yeah. Yeah. Landlords don't like that. No, they don't. So, yeah, I, I think... And then after that, I don't know. I mean, there's other cool stuff for sure, but it there's just too much of it, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think we could make a whole episode of cool ride stories. I mean, I could make a whole episode... By myself of cool rides that I've been on. Where since, I nearly died. Since, yeah, that too. Uh, since I moved to Colorado. I mean, like I went, I came to Colorado and then we immediately went to Moab for like three or four days. So it was like my first time in, you know, moving to the mountains in Colorado and then immediately my first time at Moab. And it was just mind blowing. It was great. So yeah, there's lots of cool shit out there. Do we want to keep going or we want to wrap it up? There was another shorter one on there from Cottonberry, Kate Berry. Canterbury in H2. Yes. Looks like Justin, according to Instagram. What do you wear for protection? By that, I mean helmet, knee pads, gloves, full face or half, etc. I mean, Kenny's name is literally full face Kenny. So if you don't know that one, like you probably aren't smart enough to listen. Kenny, do you own anything other than a full face? Uh, I own a couple normal helmets. I never wear them. So for me, I wear a full face helmet, whether it's moto or bicycle. And I don't really wear any other gear other than that. I typically try to wear long sleeve stuff just because the sun out here is pretty gnarly. Even if it's pretty hot out, I've got like really thin long sleeve shirts. But that's not really crash protection. That's more just... You know, I mean, not getting sunburnt and skin cancer and stuff. There is also something between your grit, your skin and the abrasive rock, though. So, like, it's a little it, bit. I mean, it can help, know. I think, a tiny bit, but probably not not a ton. Uh, what about gloves? Do you wear gloves? I always wear full-finger gloves. I prefer yeah. pretty snug-fitting full-finger gloves. And Velcro or no? It depends. I'm not really picky either way. I almost prefer the non-Velcro ones if they fit properly. I think my favorite gloves right now are a set of one-up full-finger gloves that are just slip-on, and they're fine. But those are nice. They're like a good thickness. They're like medium thickness. They're not the super, super flyweight thin ones, but they're definitely not so much that you sweat. But 
to me, wearing gloves is a lot like the full face helmet. I'm not a humongous sweater. I mean, I sweat, I think maybe a normal amount, but I'm not just like dripping sweat everywhere when it's hot out. So I guess it's good in that way. Basically, when I'm wearing my full finger gloves, I never get overly hot or want to like rip them off after a ride. Like I'll just drive home with my gloves on. I prefer to wear gloves most of the time. It also and keeps, your full face helmet. Uh, no, I'll take the helmet off, but I'll wear gloves all the time. I don't. The care. helmet stays on, girl. <laughs> so gloves don't bother me. Always, always full finger, and always wear gloves. I cannot ride without gloves. I've done one or two rides without them because I forgot them or who knows what, and I'm like miserable. Yeah, I don't like. I I don't like riding without gloves. And that's Matt it. That's it for me. Without gloves. Is it my turn? Yeah, sure. it's your turn. Um, I wear a road helmet most of the time. I've been wearing my enduro helmet a little bit more so people don't make fun of me. Also, I look cooler. Um, <laughs> it goes well with the mustache. Like the mustache and your half shell helmet have the same shape. I just need to get another little mustache <laughs> like here. And then it'd be like one of those pictures where there's like picture and picture and picture. Yeah. No, I, I wear kind of like Kenny, but maybe a little bit opposite. Uh, I've been trying to ride in pants more also. I just really like the Fox Ranger pants. They're really good. I was going to say, if you hadn't found Fox Ranger pants, you probably wouldn't ride in pants as much. I, I probably wouldn't, know. So I, pre- I hate stuff on my knees. I hate it. My knees have to be out. What if it's cold? Knees are out. Always just bare knees. Bare knees. If it is, you know, in the 20s or 30s, I might consider wearing insulated bibs or something. But yeah. Yeah, like when knees, you went fat biking out. over the winter, you were knees out. No, it was pretty darn cold. I wore right. moto pants, which are okay. fairly comfortable. I'm sure the Ranger pants are more comfortable. I should probably try a pair. But if it's just general, if I know I'm out going out for fitness, I'm going to ride hard, which I don't really do anymore because I'm retired. But <laughs> if I if I do... That battery life. Yeah. I got, I'll wear like uh, ski socks that are almost knee high, and that gives me plenty of warmth. And then my knee is... Full Lorene Kofeld. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I forgot that Kenny goes full Lorene Kofel. I do. No one in no one other than people from Memphis and people who endurance mountain bike race are going to get that joke, but it's okay. She was just right, and she also ran like a ridiculous amount of rides to her bar because it's the right way to ride. <laughs> Man, that woman. So yeah, she I like- still probably just rides the same way. I bet just eight miles an hour all day long, never slower, never faster. She's just a machine. What? Are you done? Yeah. Okay. I like wearing the ranger pants. I don't like wearing gloves at all to the point that I will take my gloves off. My my goal for Saturday in the enduro is to ride uphill with my gloves in my Sunday whatever. Ride uphill with my gloves in the pocket and ride downhill with gloves on my hand. That's usually what you do when you ride, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, if it's over 60 degrees and sunny, I'm going to ride barehanded until I am going descending pace, and that's that. I just hate gloves. I, I have you know gloves. I should try fit. when I. You know how some people they wear like uh, what are they called? Water socks or like the um, the water shoes, and it's <laughs> kind of weird. But I mean, I can get it if you're kind of semi hiking or you know something like that, or walking down a river or something that actually kind of makes sense. Where the fuck are you going? Where I'm going with this is I need to try to wear gloves when I swim. <laughs> Why? Why not? What does this have to do Th- with This Matt? has been episode 92. Uh, <laughs> I think you wear gloves I I... when you go noodling, actually, though. Uh, not if you're my grandpa. Oh, wow. That's hardcore. 
Well, he he lost a finger to a snapping turtle that way. Oh, jeez. Jesus Christ. I mean, he lost Jesus. He lost parts of several fingers because he was a farmer from the day he was I don't know, old enough to be a farmer. They just lose fingers and stuff. It's a hard life. <laughs> You're talking in this weird cadence where I keep thinking you're done, and then it's like, but wait, there's more, and I just can't. Do I get to talk about my protection? I wasn't even done. Oh, I didn't know you weren't done. Keep going. I, I I do have some knee pads. I wore them for one day of the weekday Enduros. I haven't just, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with knee pads in my life yet. I don't, I don't know. I need to wear knee pads on the moto, though, the the thing I'm running into, though, is with the length of my lower leg, the distance, my knee pad, the thing that takes the most brunt for me is on the shin right above the boot. But my knee pad, my legs are long enough that my knee pads and my boot don't touch. So I need longer knee pads so my knee pads and my boot touch. So the part of my leg that actually gets hand-boned won't get hand-boned. Do I still Maybe have moto need knee pads? taller boots. I think I have, moto, I have some moto knee pads you should try. Well, they're trials boots. Are so the trials boots tall. shorter? Uh, they're not. At, they're not quite as tall. I don't think. But okay. The bottom of my leg is pretty fucking long, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Tall people. Yeah, there's a lot of tall people that ride weird. motos. Yeah, you should ask uh, Dan Derlin. He's tall. He's tall and he's skinny. You you've done it now. What? You're like you should ask Dan. He's tall, tall and skinny. <laughs> it's like chaos over here. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. All right, are you done? Yes. All right, so... Oh, random, I'll... speaking of chaos, uh, the mountain biker, whose name is Chaos, who is the brother of, I'm going to get it wrong, Tani Seagrave or one of the lady downhillers. It's her brother. His name's Chaos, and he's a really good rider. And he was in Utah just now, and he was riding with Sam Pilgrim because it was on his YouTube, and it's pretty cool. You should watch it. Sam Pilgrim is awesome, and that's it. Oh, and speaking of chaos, I also... Uh... Uh, I did a chaotic, well, sort of chaos. So goats are just chaos, as in the words of Tom Purvis. I helped him band two of his baby goats today. I won't even go into detail, but they're banded. Google it. Yeah. If, so you, if for- you want to curl up in the fetal position, think about wrapping a rubber band around your testicles until they fall off. Yeah, it's like that. So I wear a Smith, gosh, I don't even know. It's just a mountain bike helmet. Uh, it's got a visor. It does not have MIPS because I have never been able to find a MIPS helmet that I find to be comfortable in size or in uh, heat retention. Uh, I get very, very hot and I also sweat a lot. And having a sheet of plastic inside of my helmet just exacerbates that problem. So I wear a non-MIPS helmet and um, it's nothing fancy. It's just a Smith Mountain Bike helmet. It has choroid. Yeah, it's cool because that keeps the uh, bugs out of your helmet. I really like that about Smith helmets. So I don't really wear any any uh, knee pads. I own a full face helmet. It's pretty old. I think I got it back when I had a scooter. So back in Memphis, it may not even really be that good at protecting my head anymore. Other than the fact that it covers up my face. And gloves, I always wear gloves because again, I sweat a lot. And if I am barehanded on rubber grips, I don't have much grip. If you had silicone grips, that wouldn't be a problem. Who bought that scooter? It, still be... it was someone from the Memphis Scooter Club. Their son oh, yeah. bought it. That's awesome. I bought it from and... a guy from the Memphis Scooter Club. Yeah, and it, they they bought it for the price that I paid for it. That's awesome. So it was 
pretty yeah it was amazing andrea rode that bitch for the cost of gas and oil yeah pretty much yeah i bought it pretty cheap rode it for a while and uh that is the one you got for me right yeah okay yeah. just want to make sure i didn't have my if i got my facts wrong it's been a while no and i so i um yeah i mean as far as gloves in memphis i would wear short finger gloves because it was so hot there and there weren't I mean, there were trees to smash your fingers on and stuff, but there, you know, there's not a lot of like rock and gnarly shit. You're not going that fast when you crash. So, you know, I didn't care that much about the ends of my fingers. So I wore half finger gloves there and now I always wear, what? Matt's laughing at me. I don't know why. <laughs> that scooter was freaking lit though. It was either going zero miles an hour for me or it was going <laughs> 40. There was no in between. Oh yeah. There was no in between. Like you went from no throttle to all the throttle every time. I raced someone on that scooter that was on a, a fucking full-blown crotch rocket once. And, and you beat them for like the first 20 feet, and then they just took off and left you. He pulled up next to me, and he just waved, and I was like, race you to the other side of the stops, the street. It was like Germantown Parkway, you know, so like six lanes with the turn lanes and all that shit. And he was like, ha ha. And uh, I gave him like the look and like looked forward. And it was like, <laughs> and like just revved it, it up. It just like, sounded like a leaf blower. To the stall, you know, like, and the light turned green. I was just like, and like, he was like, and couldn't catch me by the other side of the street. Like he pulled into the gas station where I was and he's like, that thing fucking goes. And I was like, to 30. Yeah. It would, it would go like that first 20 or 30 feet. It would go so fucking fast. And that was just it. You were at top speed. That was that was all she had. Yeah, that thing was awesome. And if you tried to touch the brakes, it wanted to murder you. Because <laughs> the front yeah, cause suspension. Yeah, because it had like that trailing cantilever yeah. front suspension. So as you braked harder, the wheelbase shortened and the head angle steepened. So it was just the ultimate driving machine. It was crazy. It was basically that the was suspension wonderful. design out of a Volkswagen bug that killed millions of people. And they're like, I know what we should do. Let's put this on a scooter. Let's take some wheels out of the equation. That'll make it better. <laughs> All right. Let me finish this question so we can wrap it up. Uh, so I, I now wear long finger gloves. I prefer a glove that has, I mean, I have some that are just single layer suede and mesh, but I really prefer something that has one extra layer, not padding, but just one extra layer of fabric suede, leather, whatever. Like a dual layer palm. Yeah. Like a dual layer on the, callus part of the palm like at the base of the fingers um, i do like an extra layer there and maybe an extra layer around the grip part just just for wear really in that part but yeah so i that's the kind of gloves i like but yeah i don't i i just i generally just go with like the spandex cross-country roadie stuff because that's just what i'm comfortable in for a while i tried doing like i don't know stylish baggy clothes and it's just it's not practical you have to have a pack. You have to have a way to carry your shit. And it's just, it's like, oh, yeah, let me, it's it's 80 degrees outside. Let me put an extra layer of fucking clothing on over these spandex shorts that are really nice for just riding by the, themselves. That's just dumb. So I just go with a, uh, a pair of spandex shorts and a jersey because the jersey has fucking pockets, man. You could put your shit back there. And, yeah, that's it. We're done. Calling it. All right, shut her down. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show.